story one chapter fifteen of the dwarf chamber and other stories by fergus hume this librivox recording is in the public domain story one chapter fifteen bottom and titania full justice has not been done to the character of madame tot who elfish creature as she was possessed a larger share of shrewdness than usually falls to the lot of a full-sized human being she was quick in seeing the good and bad points of those with whom she came into contact and considering her very limited experience of the world she was an excellent judge of human nature to warwick she took instinctively as the kindly disposition and romantic inclinations of the youth were quite in harmony with her own character and moreover his mastery of the violin was a powerful factor in securing her regard he was always ready to amuse her and humour her whims so that the little creature soon became fondly attached to one possessed of so many qualifications for winning her regard towards winyard on the other hand madame tot conducted herself with the utmost haughtiness and was more frank than pleasant in her speeches the mere idea that he was to succeed her brother and become master of the manor-house threw her into fits of anger which incapacitated her for days the little woman was highly neurotic and trifles which would have hardly disturbed a strong-nerved person roused her to frenzy winyard who was as earthy a creature as could be met with offended her greatly by his want of tact and his coarse jokes on her infirmities consequently she requested her brother not to let him visit her portion of the house when staying at the manor and winyard had not set eyes on the mannikin for over three years it was therefore with some surprise that celia who knew her great-aunt's aversion to the young man was requested by madame tot to bring winyard to see her that afternoon he will only make you ill expostulated celia gently oh no oh dear dear no replied madame tot with shrill disdain not now my love once upon a time such would have been the case no doubt but now i can afford to laugh at his rudeness how so more than on former occasions celia you are asking me to betray the secrets of the good people said the dwarf in a tone of reproof not until the moon is full am i permitted to reveal that which i know then my love you will see edgar the coarse creature tumbled down from his high estate oh yes i know what i know the peaceful neighbours are not to be insulted with impunity child out of all this jargon celia could extract no sense and as madame tot declined to be more explicit she was forced to depart in search of edgar in a very puzzled frame of mind why madame tot should desire to see one whom she professed to dislike it was difficult to say but in making the request she evidently had some purpose which was inimical to winyard the dwarf had a great deal of maliciousness in her character and when provoked by any one as in the present instance she would make herself uncommonly disagreeable celia foresaw that edgar would have a bad quarter of an hour should he accept the invitation winyard expressed himself quite ready to do so but made so many contemptuous remarks concerning the unfortunate little being that celia who was strongly attached to her great-aunt remonstrated with him on his painful candour you must remember edgar said she reprovingly that you of all men have the least right to sneer at her infirmities why so my fair cousin 
because you are of our blood and when you marry may have children likewise afflicted if i did i'd kill them said edgar in strong disgust all those little reptiles should be drowned like kittens at their birth they are not human beings i hope edgar when you succeed my grandfather you will reconsider your brutal determination said celia angrily you know that for generations our family has produced dwarfs and as you being of our blood will not be exempt from the burden it is only right and just that you should bear it as our forefathers have done if you take the title and estates you have a right to take the trouble also or else added celia significantly do not marry and so end the race i shall only marry one woman yourself in that case i am afraid you will die a bachelor retorted celia disdainfully i would not marry you for all the world but you would that cub of a secretary said edgar imprudently be silent sir how dare you connect my name with his cried celia indignantly i am not likely to marry mr warwick or any one else that i know of why do you vent your spleen on him he does no harm to you yes he does he has supplanted me in my uncle's good graces however i do not care when i come to my own i'll kick him out of the house he's quite strong enough to kick you replied celia coolly and i would remind you edgar of the proverb anent cup and lip what do you mean celia your grandfather hinted some nonsense of that sort and now you do so i demand an explanation i have none to give you said miss lelanro coldly save that life is uncertain and you may die before entering into your kingdom oh if that is all i am prepared to take the risk scoffed edgar greatly relieved i am quite satisfied cousin neither you nor your grandfather nor your precious secretary can rob me of title and estates the law is stronger than your wishes i greatly regret that it should be so said celia who found edgar peculiarly exasperating this afternoon but here we are in madame tot's garden so i beg of you to bridle your tongue and give her the deference to which she is accustomed bah infernal nonsense growled edgar following his cousin towards the summer-house deference to a little monster like that discarding for a time her favourite green colour madame tot was arrayed in a long garment of bright yellow and wore on her white hair a pointed hat such as is affected by the welsh peasantry in this odd attire leaning her withered hands on an ebony cane with her black eyes sparkling maliciously she looked like some tiny witch full of venom and spite the cackle of malignant laughter with which she greeted edgar startled even the strong nerves of that sceptic and he could not but own to himself that despite her size madame tot would be better to have as a friend than a foe but he forgot this wise conclusion in a few minutes and proceeded to torment the dwarf as a boy does a monkey good day bottom the weaver said the dwarf holding out her tiny hand you can kiss the fingers of titania the queen with unaccustomed good humour edgar threw himself down on the grass and as her little hand rested on his broad brown palm he kissed it gallantly thereby winning an approving smile from madame tot who was a great stickler for ceremonial 
there is some chivalry about you after all cousin she said with stately grace i am glad to see you celia be seated on that bench that young lady did as she was bid while edgar reclined at her feet and madame tot bringing out a doll's chair from the summer-house seated herself before the pair so tiny was she so odd and elfish in looks and ways that edgar earthy as he was felt a shiver down his back at the idea that this uncanny creature was of his flesh and blood if he married it was more than likely that at least one of his children would resemble this yellow and spiteful fairy no wonder he shuddered at the bare idea of such a possibility and where is my dear mr warwick celia asked the dwarf leaning her chin on the top of her cane he's in the library with grandpapa aunt they are going through the lelanro pedigree what's that for growled edgar crossly your secretary fellow has nothing to do with our pedigree hm said madame tot flashing a malicious glance on the puffy red face before her i see you do not like my mr warwick bottomed the weaver i think he's an insolent cub retorted winyard with insulting calmness oh celia doesn't think so my dear why should i said celia blushing at the remark in all things i find mr warwick a courteous gentleman why edgar speaks of him so ungraciously i cannot conceive then you have no eyes my love retorted madame tot pointing her cane at edgar this gentleman is jealous of your appreciation of our friend's good qualities jealous of a servant not i replied edgar enraged at this thrust celia can admire a dozen such for all i care oh indeed snapped madame tot vivaciously then you and celia are not minded to marry i am not said celia calmly edgar knows well that my decision was taken on that point long before i saw mr warwick why do you bring him in said winyard savagely because you seem to have got it into your head that i have fallen in love with mr warwick and so altered my determination to marry you which added celia looking steadily at her cousin is by no means the case the dwarf pleased at edgar's discomfited look laughed with shrill enjoyment which roused the black spirit in his breast and caused him to turn fiercely on the little creature be quiet you monkey he said sharply monkey repeated madame tot angered by the epithet how dare you call me a monkey you coarse giant you grovelling caliban i'll have you pinched black and blue i'll ride you with nightmare i'll blight you with spells she was on her feet by this time waving her cane in impotent fury her little face convulsed with passion before celia could intervene to appease the wrath raised by edgar's indiscreet speech she suddenly calmed down and cold malice usurped the place of hot rage of the two moods edgar preferred the latter he he she tittered maliciously you sneer at my spells no doubt but i can punish you in another way warwick is a cub is he a poor foundling a paid servant and you are my lord and master the future lord lelanro edgar winyard she said pointing her staff towards him you shall go down and he shall rise up honour and happiness await him ruin and dishonour attend on your steps 
take your last look at lelanro manor sir for never will you see it again i put a spell on you creature without heart or good breeding or kindness you have insulted your kinswoman she curses you within a month you will be in the dust there you will stay till a suicide's grave receives your dishonoured clay edgar shrank from the glittering eyes and hurried speech of the dwarf but before he could summon up sufficient courage to reply she darted into the summer-house and closed the door no words or entreaties of celia could draw her forth and edgar was unwillingly compelled to retire with the unenviable feeling that he had behaved in a singularly ill-bred fashion i advise you to behave yourself said celia as they left the garden and speaking candidly i think you have acted in a most abominable manner she provoked me you shouldn't let yourself be provoked retorted celia sharply a poor little creature like that can do you no harm i'm not so sure of that muttered edgar uneasily what the deuce does she mean by her hints celia vouchsafed no reply to this speech but having conducted edgar out of the dwarf's domain she left him to his own devices indignant with his conduct she disliked the idea of remaining in his company and so edgar found himself alone as is usual with such natures he blamed every one but himself it is warwick's doing he thought angrily biting his nails there is some mystery about that intruder which is inimical to myself i don't like madam tot's hints the horrible little witch it will be noted that much as winyard affected to despise his dwarfish kinswoman he was in reality afraid of her malice and inclined to gift her with a power harming him which so far as he knew she did not possess his conscience made a coward of him End of chapter fifteen